This is Clayton for Podcast Radio Business. We're joined by Joe Fairley, co-founder of Green and Blacks, entrepreneur and SME investor to discuss how being your own boss is only the beginning. First of all, I'd like to say thank you for joining us, Joe. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me, Clayton. You're most welcome. A lot of people are aware of the delicious flavours of green and blacks. But how did you get started in your business? I never planned to be a business person. I was actually a journalist. I was used to writing about other people doing exciting things. I never quite imagined I would have something of my own. But my husband, he was my husband-to-be then, was in the natural food business. And it so happened that a sample bar of the world's first organic chocolate ended up on his desk and I ate two squares of it. And as they melted in my mouth, I realised that was the darkest, yummiest, naughtiest chocolate I'd ever eaten. And I said to him, you know, what is it? And he explained it was a sample of the world's first organic chocolate, but he couldn't do anything with it because his company, Whole Earth, had been founded on the principle of no added sugar. But, you know, the, the memory of the chocolate nagged at me and I nagged at Craig. And then eventually he turned around and said, look, if you're so interested, why don't you do it? And what he meant by that was that his organisation could take care of some of the backroom functions, but I had to do the PR and the marketing. And the really big challenge was that I had to finance it because it was the middle of a financial year you don't necessarily have the budget for a whole new brand. So I had a little nest egg from selling my flat before I moved in with him. I had 20,034 in equity and I bought two tons of chocolate with 20,000 of it. And that was how I became an entrepreneur overnight, basically, uh, with no experience whatsoever. Had to learn it as I went along. Now, that's fascinating because it sounds like part business tale and part romance, the way that you describe that chocolate. <laughs> yeah, and I still adore him after all these years. So it, if chocolate be the food of love, munch on, I suppose. <laughs> now, that is a quote. And uh, if you don't mind, I'll use that going forward. That's absolutely brilliant. You mentioned quite openly that you were in a position where you were a journalist, you knew nothing about business. In retrospect, what mistakes did you make when you first started out? Oh, so many. Mostly, Clayton, to do with not being strategic. And I think that this is a real challenge for entrepreneurs. Um, and there, there is a study that actually, uh, we are going to see more and more entrepreneurs because a study recently commissioned by AAT showed that 64% of those aged 19 to 23 want to become entrepreneurs. And I totally get that because I've had the great pleasure of, of running my own business. But the biggest lesson that I would share with anybody who wants to go on an entrepreneurial journey is cherry pick your opportunities. Because I think when you're young, when you're a startup, Lots and lots of exciting ideas present themselves to you. And if you try and follow up on everyone, you're going to run around like a headless chicken and not do any of them very well. So I think that was my biggest mistake was just saying yes to too many things, which meant for some very, very long days and nights, I have to say, in terms of my personal resources. Do you think that most newcomers to business really underestimate the effort needed to birth a business? Yes, but I think the great thing is to take that first step. I've got a sign up on my office wall that says things only get done if you do them. And we all know people who talk about doing things rather than actually getting on and doing them. So you have to have a list, you have to tick it off, and you have to make sure that you know about all the different aspects of business, the accounting, the cash flow. Cash is king. Craig always says to me, even now, cash flow is vanity, profit is sanity. 
So you have to have worked out your costings. Otherwise, you find that you're losing money on every transaction. There is a lot to learn, but there are resources to help you learn it. There there are some wonderful websites like Informi, which really take care of nuts and bolts stuff so that anybody, anyone, whether they are 19 or 90, is armed to set up their own entry. Now, you mentioned briefly there Informi. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, I came across Informi quite recently and I was pretty amazed because it actually offers resources, everything from like the best TED Talks to listen to if you're a budding entrepreneur, to other people's business mistakes, to how to find an accountant, all, literally all the nuts and bolts. And actually they have a downloadable ebook um, on how to start a business in 20 days which doesn't sound like very long, but actually, if you really stick to it, they've got homework sections, literally to take you by the hand through every single step of setting up a business. And that's an amazing resource. God, I wish I'd had something like that when I was starting. And do you think that really with things like Informi and effectively technology as it stands, it's a fantastic time to be in business? It is a great time to be in business. I mean, you know, we find ourselves in a recession, we think. Green and Blacks was born in a recession. And I think for startups, you have a certain advantage because once you've identified that niche, once you've identified that product or that service that you can offer that that nobody else is offering, um, you've got that enthusiasm, you've got that drive, you've got that dynamism. And what I see from existing companies quite often is simply that they are caught like rabbits in headlights at the moment. They're a bit terrified by the current scenario. And so they've got their finger on the pause button. And so as a startup, what you can do is kind of really turbocharge ahead at this point, I think, because you're not afraid. I've kind of got nothing to lose at this point. And also what I would say is we did start in a recession, but it taught me some incredibly important lessons that have stayed with me throughout my business career, throughout all my businesses, which is, you know, to be lean and hungry and to be agile and adaptable and to look at where every penny is going, because it's very easy to waste lots of money in a business, whether that's taking out a flash office because you think everyone needs somewhere to go, which I think that's Probably we've moved on from that in the last couple of years or buying the company car because somehow the company car makes you feel like you're in business. You've got a car, etc. Well, I've never had a company car and I'm a big fan of public transport because you can get a lot done on a train that you can't do behind the wheel of a car. So it taught me lessons that have stayed with me forever. And I think that those are the kind of lessons that someone starting up a business right now will learn and, and it will stick with them. It's fantastic because the research from AAT basically says there are three top mistakes. Yes. And they are A, not understanding your target market, B, cash flow management, and C, ignoring technology. Would you agree with that? Yes, I think so. I think for me, the key with starting all my businesses has been the ability to put myself in my customer's shoes. So I haven't used expensive research to identify that target market and understand what my customers need. I have identified things, whether it was delicious, dark, organic chocolate with green and blacks or good sourdough bread and natural foods in a community in my hometown of Hastings where there was nothing like that. Craig and I opened a well-being centre here with yoga and Pilates and nine different treatment rooms because it didn't exist in our community. And we felt that we weren't alone in wanting and needing those those things. So 
I think that ability to put yourself in the customer's shoes gets you a long way to overcoming that first challenge. What I would say about cash flow is, yes, it's really, really crucial because so many young businesses get strapped for cash. They wake up one day and it's a really nasty surprise. And not everybody who goes into business is good at that side of it. I mean, I was lucky I had Craig and we had very good accountants. So we could find out at any point what our financial position was. It can be really easy to focus on the kind of growing the business and actually not looking at what your resources are financially at every moment. You know, who's who's paid you? Who owes you 500 quid that you could really use to pay wages or pay the rent this month, etc. So having a really good accountant for me, it's like gold in the bank. And I think that you, when you mentioned that, that that's really something that's quite, that's been enhanced for want of a better word by technology, because when you probably started, the bookkeeping software wasn't what it was like it is now. The account- you had floppy disks. <laughs> <laughs> under about 40 um, is a very ancient piece of technology where you had to put something in your computer to to kind of the information on and it, it was ridiculous but yes it it's it's amazing now that you know we can all look at online banking and things and and see what our what the money in the bank is but at the same time cash flow forecasts that tell you what position you're going to be in in two weeks or four weeks or three months from now are completely invaluable. And I have to say that that's the kind of thing that is completely beyond me. And I I don't think we should expect as entrepreneurs to be able to do everything in business. But the smart people know where to turn for advice and wisdom and support. And do you think that building a relationship with your accountant is paramount to your success? Yes. I always buy my nice Christmas presents as well. That is a tip that's excellent. That's a great tip. (laughs) They're very important people. (laughs) The desire to be an entrepreneur is very much on the up now. And do you think that post COVID that has increased rapidly? I think so. Uh, According to the survey that AAT commissioned, 19% of people felt that really starting their own business was the only way for them to progress their career. And 18% of them felt trapped in their job. And I think the other thing that we're seeing happening is now that companies are demanding that people start to go back to the office and, and, you know, have their bums on the seats again. Some people are going, you know what, that's just not for me. I have enjoyed working at my own pace. And more than that, in many cases, you know, to my own body clock, because some people are larks and they're fantastic at five o'clock in the morning. And some people are owls and they're great at 10 o'clock at night. But most offices are open from nine to five. I think that that is an aspect of entrepreneurialism and wanting to work for yourself that that sometimes is overlooked, actually. Do you feel that, as far as the government is concerned, that they could be doing more to encourage entrepreneurism? Because really, I think the last figures that I saw was 99.6% of the businesses in the UK are SMEs. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I don't think that they're doing enough. And I think that that's where resources like Informi can actually step into the breach. It was pretty tragic a few years ago when the government disbanded the network of local enterprise agencies, frankly, and just pulled the rug out. 
from under the feet of, of so many businesses. And so they have now to turn elsewhere for advice and knowledge and, and support and inspiration, actually, as well. Because as an entrepreneur, you know, you need you need to be inspired to get out of bed in the morning every day and keep that kind of inspiration topped up, I think, because you will put in long hours. You will work very hard. I don't know any entrepreneur that has, you know, waved a magic wand and and not done that. So yes, I think it's it's pretty shameful that government isn't doing more because SMEs are absolutely the backbone of this country. But happily, there are the resources there that people can turn to. So Joe, you've made some really fantastic points. You've done a great description of chocolate that was worthy <laughs> of a Marks and Spencer's advert. But where, <laughs> where can people find out more information? If you go to the informi.co.uk website, and that's I-N-F-O-R-M-I.co.uk, you can register there and you can download the ebook on how to start a business in 20 days and also read something I love, which is what I wish I'd known on day one, which is business owners, you know, sharing their wisdom, sharing the benefit of their experience a little bit like I have done today. Um, because all of those things are, you know, I, I left school when I was 16. I never expected to be an entrepreneur and I've had to learn it as I've gone along. And I've learned so many lessons from not just doing it, but from basically other people's mistakes and them sharing it. So I think that is a really fantastic place to, to find out just about everything you need to start your own venture. And it's obviously, you know, there are an enormous number of people, one in three out there want to do this. Indeed. So thank you so much, Joe, for spending this time and giving your knowledge and your wisdom. We really appreciate it. And I just wanted to say, Joe Fairley, co-founder of Green and Blacks, entrepreneur and SME investor. Thank you for joining us on Podcast Radio Business. Thank you, Podcast Radio Business, for having me. You're most welcome. <laughs>